I literally just hit record, so great timing. Great. I nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Is that from the show Nailed It? No, that's literally just me saying nailed oh, okay, it. Okay, great. <laughs> Two times. I was like, oh, row. is that their like catchphrase? But uh but you know, great show. Big fan, Nicole Byer. Great. Fan. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Palasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs center. One disc leaves. This is... DVD DVD Deathmatch. Great. Great. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, how are you? Good. We do this every, at top of every show. How are you? Fuck. It's, okay. we're still the same. We're still in a pandemic. We're still inside. I mean, you're technically on vacation this week though. So that's lovely. That's good. And a new thing. Yeah. Vacation. <laughs> Loving this vacay. Vacay. Um, it's been raining all week and we're at home. Oh, Jesus so. But you know what? Hey, we're healthy. We're happy. We're too blessed to be stressed. Too blessed. Did we do that before? We probably did all of this before. Probably. Anyway. We um, have very little material. Yeah. It's okay. It's fine. Um, Let's just get to it. Topics (laughs) at the top. Do we have any topics at the top? Well, we want to... We got a complaint. Yes. So we have a very important topic at the top, guys. This is, like, really serious. We've received nothing but, like, amazing feedback from everyone we've talked to. And we got our first uh, little bit of negative feedback, right? Yeah, well, two weeks ago, mm. we shouted out some people. Yeah, just some... off the top of our heads. It was a real improv, real yes and moment for us. Mm-hmm. Just shouted out some some fans of the show who've gotten in touch. Mm-hmm. And one fan of the show was sad that he didn't get a shout out. So we left him out. We left him out. He, he brought it up when uh, we talked. And uh, so, Kevin. Kevin. We're just huge fans of you. I mean, thank you so much for listening. We could not do this without you. Kevin. 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 (laughs) Kevin, who was there at the start of our relationship. So really, honestly, truly, sort of, kind of couldn't do this without you. Kevin. Kevin. We love you. We appreciate you. Anyway. Anywho's. (laughs) Um, We've Uh, had some other complaints, though. I've had a couple people text saying like i mean i've had one person greg hey greg <laughs> text say like wait but you're talking about blu-rays this is my greg impression wait <laughs> he doesn't like that we talk about blu-rays yeah yeah yeah. why simply because it's called dvd deathmatch it's just an alliteration greg i'm greg i'm from i don't know this is Greg's a terrible from. greg yeah, impression no it's, it's not good awful. He's not, it's not good um <laughs> um, I think that's it. I think that's all we got. That was a good topic at the top. Not great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great. Okay. What movies are we talking about today? Um, we are talking about DVD number 1103, Something Borrowed from 2011, and DVD 789, Marie Antoinette from 2006. Yeah. I was very excited about both of these mm-hmm. movies, and I'm... Uh, even more excited that uh, they're they've been pitted against each other. I think it's going to be a good one, you guys. I think it's going to be good. <laughs> I think it's going to be really good. Um. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think mean, you know what? Let's talk about it. I think this is going to be a good episode. <laughs> this sucks. God. Okay. Okay. No, let's, it's good. It's good. It's okay. Good. Let's start with uh, let's just start with uh, something borrowed. Yeah. Yeah. Let's okay. start with something. We watched borrowed. it first, so let's start with that one. Something borrowed um, from 2011, directed by Luke Greenfield. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Our IMDb summary is: Friendships are tested, and secrets come to the surface when terminally single Rachel falls for Dex, her best friend Darcy's fiance. Yep. That is what it's about. That is what it's about, sort of. Popped it in. Mm-hmm. Got an anti-smoking PSA. Yeah. Got an ad at the beginning of the DVD for the concept of Blu-rays. <laughs> so that was funny. And it had it was like a trailer for Blu-rays with like mostly footage from the Owls of Gahul. Yes. So that's great. Like, look how good Blu-rays are going to look. But yeah. is the disc a Blu-ray? 
No, the disc is a DVD. The disc we watched is a DVD. Right. So presumably it's not actually capable of showing you how good a Blu-ray will look. That's true. It's limited by its own <laughs> existence. So why would they be like, guys, Blu-rays are going to look like this, even though they can't show us the whole point. Wow. Wow. Fuck, man. It doesn't even have the capability of showing you anything better. Right. That's sad. <laughs> That bummed me out. Poor DVDs. <laughs> yeah, poor DVDs. They try so hard. Um, all right. There's some good, good uh, previews on it, too. There was the movie uh, about the dolphin with no tail that I didn't look up the title of. Oh, yeah. I think it was called The Dolphin with No Tail. <laughs> I don't think that's what it's called. Um, uh, oh, and Crazy Stupid Love yeah. was on there. And we're in the preview, we realized, so, okay. So I, I feel like I hope our listeners have seen Lady Bird, right? Sure. And also I think this scene is in the preview. So if you haven't seen it, I don't think it's a, it's a spoiler because um, it's a more recent film. So if you haven't seen it, go see it. But also I'm about to talk about Lady Bird if you're like super precious about that shit. It's also the first scene in the movie that you're about to talk about. Yes, so. yes. Um, but the, it's a mother and daughter are arguing in the car and the daughter, they're going down the highway and the daughter just opens the door and bails out of the car because the mother's being so insufferable. And so we call that lady birding, but we should call it crazy, stupid loving because (laughs) in the preview on this DVD for crazy, stupid love, Steve Carell, lady birds out of the car. Yeah, he really does. So, I mean... We're just learning stuff all over the place, you know? Also, Laurie Metcalf should have got an Oscar for it's Lady Bird. True. But again, something borrowed. Something borrowed. <laughs> right. We're on. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's all good. I wrote, uh, The first thing I wrote down about this movie, mm-hmm. something borrowed, mm-hmm. I said, Eliza favorite. Because I feel like <laughs> you, maybe not love, but you enjoy this movie. It's mm-hmm. like comfort food for you. Yes. I had never seen it before. Mm-hmm. I, but I had gleaned a lot of it. I'd walked in on you watching it a lot. So, like, lots of things were familiar to me. But mm-hmm. I'd never seen it before. But it's one of your, like, you know, kind well, of go-tos. Right. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I love a good uh, romantic comedy. Like, I truly do love, like, a really... And by a good romantic comedy, I mean, like, well-crafted. It doesn't have to be, like, the smartest thing ever. I think mm-hmm. the point of a romantic comedy is, like you said, it's comfort food. It's yeah. very, like, you know, I'm not looking to, like, learn any big lessons, but I'm right. looking to go, like, oh, my God, my feels. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I feel like, really fits the bill for me some for some reason. Like, re-watching, because I haven't watched it in a little while. Um, and it's not that I, it's different than I thought it was, but, uh, so it was nice to kind of revisit it and be like, oh yeah, comfort food is, is the perfect way to put it. It's just like a good, dumb, like love story, sort of, obviously problematic because. Well, I will say this is a, this is a, like, it's kind of like what we were talking about when we watched Cinderella. Mm -hmm. This is a romantic comedy. It is not like tweaking the format yeah it is not like turning it on its head it's not satirizing it it's not they came together or isn't it romantic Mm -hmm. it's like this is we're doing the thing and here it is yeah she's a young career woman in nyc a brunette a brunette with like a big (laughs) apartment and you're like how did that work and you know what i mean like it's like all the things that check 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 check. yeah exactly like it's all like happening in this yeah movie it's 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 a it's if you someone was like what's a typical romantic comedy i feel like you'd be like something borrowed yeah yeah absolutely yeah and um you know it's so okay what is it about (laughs) (laughs) well i mean the imdb summary it was pretty good but so it's it's you know you've got the character of rachel who is played by jennifer goodwin um and the character of darcy who is played by Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson, thank you. I was like, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> I, anyway. <laughs> um, and they're besties, you know, from forever ago. And Kate Hudson is marrying Dex, who's played by some guy whose name I don't know because I've never seen him in anything else. Yeah. Um, but but uh, we wish nothing but the best for him, and I hope he's an avid listener. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so Kate Hudson's character Darcy is marrying Dex. Um, and then you find out through, through the movie that 
uh, Rachel met Dex at law school. And not only that, that they became friends and had like a flirtation thing, but then met Dex met Darcy and went for her. Right. And Rachel has been in love with him this whole time. Like that's the thing that I think is misleading about like the summary is that like Rachel falls for Dex. Like she has always loved Dex. Right. And I think we're led to believe that Dex has always loved her as well. Um, But Darcy is like flamboyant and fun and the blonde and Rachel is kind of lame and like the mother figure and the brunette. I'm like, it's 2011. Are we still doing this thing where it's like brunettes versus blondes? Like, yeah, I guess I didn't pick that up, but that is what's going on. It was weird. It was a weird thing. Also, we're doing this thing and that thing in this movie that I really dislike where it's like we're supposed to believe that jennifer goodwin is not conventionally attractive yeah she's like like, dumpy she's supposed to be dumpy like they don't say fat because at this point in her career like she's moved beyond that i think when she first started out it was like oh she's a fat actress and it was like no her face is just round like right (laughs) um but yeah like she's supposed to be kind of like dumpy and lame and kate hudson's supposed to be this goddess and she is very beautiful but so is jennifer goodwin so i don't understand what we're doing right in 2011 right exactly they're like (laughs) pretending that she's not objectively attractive like objectively gorgeous by like you know, typical Hollywood standards. And they're right. like, oh, I'm the dowdy one. And it's like, no, you're just... She you're just has brown hair. You have brown <laughs> hair and sometimes you wear glasses. It's like a very... But he, I don't even know if that's true or... <laughs> but No, it is. She yeah, wears glasses, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's doing all those like very typical uh, things where like, you know, they just have... They're these like... She's turning 30 at the beginning and mm-hmm. they have these like very corporate kind of successful jobs but also that aren't really like they don't really matter Mm -hmm. and they also like go to the hamptons all the time and there's never any talk of their bank accounts or like what oh yeah and not that not that i'm not faulting the movie for that it's not what it's concerned with but i'm just saying like it's really of its genre in a way Mm -hmm. that is like very uh strange to see yeah like like it's earnest or something like that in yeah a way where you're like okay but where are you gonna like call attention where's to the how twist crazy this is yeah um yeah it is actually shot in new york though which is like yeah. cool but it yeah. does it is a sheeny shiny beautiful new york right so, um there's no, speaking of which hmm. there is i don't think a single person of color no in this movie. not one certainly not one who has a line no possibly an extra yeah, I think maybe there's an extra or two, mm-hmm. and it's, like, very jarring to right. watch, I think. I think it, I imagine it would have been jarring at the time, too, but I feel like... Like, not even a token, <clears throat> y'all. <laughs> not, not even a token, y'all. Like, well, you know what I mean. No, like, usually I, there's yeah. at least the token friend. Right. Um, and that doesn't even happen here, so right. exactly. I don't know what they were thinking. Again, 2011, y'all. Um... <laughs> Oh, also, uh, John Krasinski is in this movie. Right. Um, Guys, unpopular opinion, I know, but I love John Krasinski. (laughs) Um, And especially in this, he's just like, he's not doing anything particularly like insane in this movie, but he's just, it's just good, solid, like, like one-liner John Krasinski. And then also at the end, I'm just like, oh my God, I love you. Comedic John Krasinski. Yes. Like, it's not Jack Ryan, A Quiet Place John Krasinski. No, like, it's this not was like when, buff John Krasinski. Yeah. It's just like normal John Krasinski. Right. But it's like, oh, he's the funny friend. Again, they're trying to pretend, I think, that he's not like objectively Hot? attractive. Yeah. In that very like typical big budget Hollywood way. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to pretend he's like the alt friend. Yeah, the kind of like nerdy, yeah, but silly he friend. Doesn't, but. Yeah, and then there's that, there's a weird subplot where he, John Krasinski's character, slept with this other character who is like an, supposed to be kind of a kooky lady. Definitely, yeah. And, uh, and then he pretends to be gay. Oh yeah, get there's her like a weird to stop pursuing him. Yeah, instead of just saying I'm not into you, right. he's like, "Oh, I'm gay." And, and then there it's like it's just like a weird because like her reaction, like it okay, uh, when he says to her like, "Oh no, I'm gay." Her reaction is like 
like he's expecting her to run for the hills and she goes oh i'm gonna like help you i'm gonna help you on this journey or whatever and she comes the next day she like comes out in a t-shirt that says legalized gay on it and it's like and it's like obviously that's not great but it definitely is problematic i think you're right that they're aware (laughs) that that they're like trying to be cool and edgy about it yeah but like it definitely is and is no yeah 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 definitely cross uh, to me it definitely crossed the line of like Okay. okay. <laughs> like I, and it's just a weird, but it's in that it's in that category of I don't know. Why I keep making this motion with my hand. Like yeah, I'm she's cupping, cupping something. something. Um, it, <laughs> it's in this weird category of like, uh, why though? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like it just doesn't. I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah. But I love her. That actress. She's great. She's great though. Yeah. She's Ashley Williams. She's like I think one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah. She, she the character that she has to play is not good, Yeah, but she does such a good job. And then there's like a moment where she's like, he, where she like has the realization or whatever of like, he doesn't love me. Does he mm-hmm. to Jennifer Goodwin's character? Yeah. Um, and it's like, Oh, it's like heartbreaking. Like she just such, she just does such a good job. Um, yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, Oh, I wrote down is Dex hot. <laughs> Oh, he has weird, he has, he has a weird vibe. Yeah, there's, like, something, it's not, I mean, you know, I hate to, like, I feel like we do this a lot where we, like, talk about how people look, which is maybe not the best thing ever, but, like, when you're talking about, like, a romantic comedy, it's, like, obviously your leading man is supposed to be, like, the hottest hot that's ever hotted, and they, it's, like, I see what happened with this actor, where they looked at him, they were, like, oh, he looks like Tom Cruise. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... But also Tom Cruise feels like a specific kind of hot to me. So I just like, so it's just, he's, and he's fine, like acting wise, like he's fine. Um, But yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. Like it's like a weird choice to me. Yeah. Him, especially when you've got Jennifer Goodwin and Kate Hudson to then go with this guy who's kind of, I mean, I think not unknown. I'm sure he was working, but like he's not as recognizable as either of those two names. He's not as recognizable as John Krasinski. So, like, why right. Why was well, he thrown in the mix? It feels like they cast, and again, we're, all, we're speculating, I don't know. Yeah. But it feels like they cast John Krasinski as the funny friend mm-hmm. when there's no reason why John Krasinski shouldn't be the leading man. Yeah. And then cast an actual funny friend in the funny friend role. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, and then... Then it's an actual surprise when, spoiler alert, like, he confesses his love for her. For Rachel, Gen- for Rachel. the Jennifer Goodwin character, yeah. Right. And then, I mean, I guess it's not a surprise, never mind. But it's it's kind of like a, a little more, the dynamic is a little different. Yeah. Because here it's like, okay, Jennifer Goodwin and John Korsinski, sure. Right. There, <laughs> well, and I, like, there's definitely a version of this script or this story that where Jennifer Goodwin's character ends up with John Krasinski's character. So like Yeah, it's weird that they don't. You expect yeah, them to. You you completely expect them to. And it, it's not like so it, it, I don't know. It's not like a huge twist, but it's just like they still include this scene where he confesses his love to her and yeah. she's kinda like, No, I'm in love with somebody else. But there's no reason to have that scene. Right. Um unless like I feel like there's a version that was shot. Where yeah. she ends up with him. Yeah. I feel like we've been dancing around kind of like a central issue with the movie. Uh-huh. What's that? Which is that it is like, is the main character is a terrible person. <laughs> like, a deeply terrible person. Rachel? Yes. Or, go. Oh. <laughs> and Dex. Dex is also terrible. Yeah. Well, they are two just... people who didn't speak up in college. Right. And held torches for each other the whole time. Mm-hmm. Now, the week before, two weeks before she's getting, he's getting married to her best friend. Right. They start sleeping together. Yeah. Now, that does not sound like a romantic comedy to me. That sounds like <laughs> the a like horrible tale of two cretins <laughs> who suck. <laughs> and I think, I don't, I, I'm not faulting the movie because I think that's actually probably the most interesting thing going on in the movie. Yes. It's like, I don't think the movie's unaware of that dynamic mm-hmm. of like, oh, this is not a traditional, like, boy meets girl kind of thing. Like, right. There's some moral flexibility slash, like, crossing right. of boundaries going on here. 
but I don't think it like explores that enough. Yeah, and I think that they try to balance it out, but with the fact that like Kate Hudson's character is also terrible um and not just in this way where she's like super self-centered like that's the character right it's like the the movie opens and uh, darcy is throwing a surprise 30th birthday party for rachel but clearly it's all about darcy like Mm -hmm. darcy gets up and like does a speech and is just talking about her wedding and like so you know the character of darcy is supposed to be awful like a like a self-centered terrible person Mm -hmm. but then also like there, cause, so, uh, but on top of that, it's like Rachel and Dex start sleeping together and Darcy doesn't know yet, but Darcy starts sleeping with someone else too and then gets right. pregnant. So it's like, they're all terrible. Yeah, they're all terrible. <laughs> Everyone is awful. I guess Darcy's terrible too. Um, <laughs> um, but I think, honestly, that might be why I kind of like this particular romantic comedy so mm-hmm. much is because the characters are all so flawed. Um, and I think that it's an accomplishment to have a movie full of characters who suck, but that I, that's still compelling to watch. Sure. sure, sure, sure. Um, even though the characters themselves are clearly like pretty unaware of how terrible they are. Yeah. They're like, even though, like John Krasinski does say something to Rachel about right. it. Like that character does say something about like, what are you doing? And then, but then he also says like, He's trying to convince her to just tell Darcy because his whole thing is like, you know, if the roles were reversed, Darcy would not hesitate to steal this man from you. Right. Um, but so she, it's not completely unaware, but it's like sort of unaware. It's like it's it, it touches on it, but I don't think I think it, it has a lot more sympathy for its characters than I do, which yeah. is not the worst thing for a movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But um I just didn't uh, have any sympathy for them at all. <laughs> a couple things. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you want to know the exact moment, like if if you want to really date this movie, uh-huh. the thing that dates it so precisely mm-hmm. is the fact that there are like six scenes that take place at Shake Shack. Oh my God, so many. In Madison Square Park. Yeah. It's and like- this was like before Shake Shack it like was in every mall. Yeah. So it'd be like if it's like people are gonna watch this movie and it'd be like why are, it'd be like watching a movie now and you know oh they're just at TGI Fridays every couple scenes or something like that. you know what I mean like yeah it doesn't it's like it, yeah uh, Rachel and John Krasinski's character meet at Shake Shack for lunch like every day and it's like. My my brain goes like you're eating like hamburgers every day for lunch, <laughs> and you look like that. Like n- no, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> it we're like make any high powered like New York PR people or whatever they are. I don't right. know what they are. Um, they just have one of those New York City jobs in romantic comedies. Well, but, Rachel's a lawyer. Oh, she's a lawyer. Okay, because she met Dex at law school. You're saying this like I. Like she met Dex at law school, obviously. There's never there's not like a courtroom scene in the thing. But they're in class and they're doing torts. Yeah, they could be doing anything. That's what but I'm saying. But no, but they're doing she looks at a law book. No, I'm I agree with you that the details in the movie line up to her having been in law school. You're totally right. But her being in law school isn't anyway, you get it. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, um but yeah, they're they're like high powered New York City attorneys. Yeah, and <laughs> well, she is. I don't think he is. God damn it! <laughs> Let me get through this sentence. <laughs> and they're eating hamburgers every day for lunch. I mean, probably cheeseburgers, but yeah, right. And milkshakes. He has a concrete milkshakes. Yeah, and French fries. I mean, they're delicious, but you wouldn't want to eat that every day. <laughs> but it's also just like it's not like that was once a thing that was. Specific to New York, so I bet when they they were like, oh, oh it's check. So it's New in the York. park, it's yeah. so New York, whatever. But it's like, yeah, like I said, no, yeah. No. Another thing uh, that I think dates it pretty well is the fact that Rachel has an answering machine. That's true, <laughs> like a landline and an answering machine. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, what is happening? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> um, question for you. Yeah, how did you feel about the length of it? <laughs> I mean, I I wrote, I didn't care for it. <laughs> well, because I was because we paused it at some point, and you said, "Jesus, there's still 30 minutes left." Um, and I definitely agree. Like it's too long, but I also don't feel like it's not tight enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's not like a ton of scenes that I can think of where it was like this is a wasted scene. Yeah, like things are 
happening that like the story moves and all that right. stuff. It does feel to me like there's about 20 minutes of actual story, but it didn't, it never felt like, a, like there's not a scene that I can point to and be like, cut that right. part, which is a testament. Yeah, exactly. To it. Yeah. Um, all right. Something borrowed. Something borrowed. Let's, uh, let's right? move, That's let's it, move right? on. I That's think it. so. I, like, I mean, I think we covered everything. I think as we said in the beginning, it is a good romantic comedy. If that's what you're looking for, it's the perfect kind of like comfort food. Yeah. Um, I really like it. <laughs> I still really like it. <laughs> that's great. Okay. You seem apologetic about really still really liking uh, it. You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. Moving Movie number on. two. Number 789. Marie Antoinette from 2006. By written and directed by Sofia Coppola. Yes. Um, First female director. Woo! On DVD Deathmatch. Um, all right, IMDb summary. Uh, the retelling of France's iconic but ill fated queen, Marie Antoinette, from her betrothal and marriage to Louis XVI <laughs> at 15, <laughs> to her reign as queen at 19, and to the end of her reign as queen. Wow. And ultimately the fall of Versailles. That is not well written at all. No. Also, I stumbled because it says Louis XVI and I had to do it in my head real quick. But I got it. I got, got it, guys. It. Yeah, this is not a good... Look, <laughs> welcome to the podcast where we rate IMDb summary. This is not a good one. <laughs> the retelling of France's iconic but ill-fated queen. It's not a retelling of the queen. It's a retelling of her story. It's true. Anyway. Um... Anyway. Oh, we got them. But you know what Marie Antoinette is about. It's about uh, Marie Antoinette. No yeah. shock there. We've got... Kirsten Dunst. We've got... Jason Schwartzman. We've got Rip Torn. We've got Rip Torn. We've got... Uh, some other people. Oh, uh, Jamie... Jamie... Jamie Dor- Dornan. Dornan in his first film. Tom Hardy. Tom has a couple Hardy lines. is in there. Oh, Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne is great. Um, so this... First of all, elegant menu design, I would say. <laughs> Got it. Well, this entire film is about visuals. Yeah, it's like, all about design and which like, sounds like a weird thing to say about movies. Like, should no, they all it, be about visuals? No, but no, no. This it's 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 beautiful, and it's all about the design of everything. And mm-hmm. I think you can feel that. Yeah. Um, throughout the entire thing, it's about the textures of things. Mm-hmm. It's about yeah, exactly the design, the the kind of feeling there are these really beautiful scenes with food and with shoes mm-hmm. and clothing and hair and it's just like incredible well, there's, <laughs> there's that there's that we, we'll get into just to jump in there's that sequence where i want candies playing mm-hmm. and it's like shoes and cakes and jewelry and hair and like mm-hmm. it's like just all about you know it's that very propulsive sequence or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think when I think of the movie, that's what I think of. Yeah, that definitely. part, that and her running down the hallway to the strokes. Yeah, well, because that's the preview. Right. But you forget how much more there is to the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it there really, it really is, a, I think, a really beautiful movie. And a really, yes. like, a really, like, there's so much, um, just, um, for, uh, to start, Kirsten Dunst, an icon. Oh, yeah. And... One like I think this is one of her best roles. Like absolutely, she does an incredible job. Yeah, um, and I think that I just to wrap that up. I just think there's so much more to the movie than kind of the popular the imagination of it. No, mm-hmm. uh, no, not the visuals. I don't. I agree with what you said earlier about how it's so much about texture. Mm-hmm. But I mean that there's so much more to the movie about what people associate it with, which mm-hmm. is like, oh, it's like a punk rock Marie yeah. Antoinette, and she's like listening to My Bloody Valentine and like lazing around. And I think like. That's the that's the idea people have of the movie, mm-hmm. but there is so much going on here that is not that. Yeah, that it, but also that too. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Sorry. No, definitely, I completely agree. Um, I love this movie is the perfect example of making. Um, so I am not. I don't. I'm not a huge like history person, mm-hmm. which I hate saying because it makes me sound like an idiot. But it's just, his like in school of the school subjects, history was not the one that like grabbed me and like sure. got me excited and whatever. Um, so when films and books and and you know entertainment can make it accessible to me in a way that like 
feels exciting and fun, I get really excited about it. Because it's not that I dislike learning about history. I just find it pretty boring most of Mm -hmm. the time. And this is the perfect example of how to make it accessible and tell a story. But... um, well, it brings it to life. Yes, it brings it to life. Really, like, like it's just the, that's the goal, and that's what she does. Right, and it's not because it's not a thing where they're speaking. Uh, you know, like it's not set in modern times. No, um, but also everyone is using their own accents. So, yeah. like Marie Antoinette is Austrian. Austrian? Yeah. Yes, Austrian. It's not not great at history, guys. Austrian, and she comes to be the Queen of France, but. Kirsten Dunst is just doing her American accent the entire time. Rose Byrne shows up and she's got a British accent. You know what I mean? Like everyone is, they they didn't do that. They also didn't do that thing where it's like, well, it's history. So we're just going to have people use British accents. Right. It's Game (laughs) of Thrones. So everyone has to talk British. Right. Why though? What? I I, I was very, I had never thought of that before that Kirsten Dunst is talking with an American accent the entire time. Mm -hmm. But I think that's so such a great choice and really smart. I'm just reiterating what you're saying, but I think that like it also, it, the way that she interacts with everyone, it kind of like reinforces that she's an outsider. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that she's like young. Yeah. She comes off as kind of young and like a little inexperienced. And part of that is the American accent also. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Louis the 16th as well using his American accent. And he was also, I think kind of supposed to be kind of like, not inept, inept is, is a bad no, way to say it, but that kind. But he was young, young as well, yeah. and you know, inexperienced, not interested in being king, right? Um, uh, yeah, so that is like really, really cool. They, you know, they do have modern. Uh, it's a modern soundtrack. Yeah, the I Want Candy, the yeah. Strokes, like all of that stuff. But then also in the film, there's there's some like like they go to the opera, right? And it's just opera, and when someone's singing or playing music in the in the world, they're not. It's not modern. Yeah, exactly. It's not like a Knight's Tale where there's like all of a sudden, oh, we're going <laughs> to oh do God, like a Knight's Tale. We're going to do like a dance sequence to We Will Rock You. Yeah, whatever it is. Like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's not that. It's like the it's the thing. The thing that I think Sofia Coppola does here, and mm-hmm. like, it sounds stupid to just be like, like Sofia Coppola knows what she's doing. <laughs> like, I, she doesn't need me to picture tell her. it, right? <laughs> but the thing that she does here is that she directs the movie like she would direct the movie and doesn't mm-hmm. be like, well, this is a period piece. Yes. So it has to be obviously a little like stuffy, a little dowdy or whatever. And she also doesn't overdo it and mm-hmm. make it. I mean, I like, you know, like Dickinson and the great and all those things mm-hmm. that it's kind of like a modern. Same know, idea. Right. Same idea. But I think, um, she doesn't, she's not doing that. She's not doing like, like exactly what you said, like set in modern times or, or, or even, you know, infused with modern language too much. It's just like, Oh, let me tell the story how I would tell the story. Yeah. And it feels very organic and very like well done. Yeah. And it's also, um, interesting. Something that I saw was that, so there are two, I should have written it down, but I didn't. I'm very sorry, guys. But there are two, like, <laughs> books that are written about Marie Antoinette that are, like, supposed to be the the standard for, like, Marie Antoinette's story. And one of them uh, tells, I think, the story that, you know, we all sort of know and that, like, let them eat cake and how she was awful and blah, blah, blah. And the other one is much more sympathetic and much more of a she was you know super young and kind of a wrong place wrong time you know what she was inheriting in france as a queen and whatever um and it's a lot more sympathetic to marie antoinette and she went with the more sympathetic one which i think is interesting too because it it feels like probably i can't think of any right now but probably there were films made about marie antoinette before that yeah 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 but they were all probably based on the other one and she was like no i'm gonna tell this this story Mm -hmm. um and that's really interesting because it's also like it the movie is sympathetic to her yeah but it feels i don't feel that you know what i mean like as you're watching it you don't feel like oh wow this movie's like really letting marie antoinette slide right it just felt like it was telling a good story and like again it's it was just like it's so well done it's so well done if you haven't seen marie antoinette Watch it. It's great. <laughs> um, unlike Something Borrowed, there is a black person in Marie Antoinette. Now, he is in the background. He's an extra. Um, I think maybe when she's she first comes to Versailles. Uh, and that stuff drives me 
nuts. Mm-hmm. Talk about why. Um, so I am all for obviously diverse casting. Like I am here for um, casting against type in general. Like I love that that concept. I love making that decision. When you just throw a black person in there because you feel like you should throw a black person in there, that is almost worse than not including any black people, especially when you're talking about a period piece where there wouldn't have been black people there. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Like we weren't there. We weren't there. (laughs) We just weren't there. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I, you know, like that is simply my opinion and uh, you know, I could be wrong and I'm not, you know, you're not wrong about your opinion. It bothered. What was the other movie? The with Mary Mary Queen Queen of Scots. Yeah. Where it was just like, hey, we've got a black person on the court here. And I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> you really don't. Uh, so. Because it yeah. doesn't feel like an active decision, like in Hamilton right. or something like that. Where right. It's, like, it's not like, it feels like a, oh, we are applying kind of weird tokenism mm-hmm. that we have to, but we're not, but we're not doing it, you know, like purposefully. We're just kind of, I don't know. Yeah, it just, it, it feels like Is a what, real yeah. grab. It feels like a real, like, no, no, see, it's okay. We 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 have a black person. It's fine. We have, we're good. We're good. Check mark. Yeah. Um, and that, especially in historical pieces where you're trying to tell a piece of history. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't do it for you. Doesn't do it for me, y'all. Not your fave. Doesn't do it for me. Off of that thing about how... It's a movie about textures. It's a movie about details, things, objects, you know, that kind of thing. It was. So watching it on DVD, mm-hmm. I kept thinking, this would look great on Blu-ray. Yeah. This would look great in HD, and we don't have it in HD. We don't have it in HD. It's And true. it's so, so about those details and so about that cinematography, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then you also wonder, it was shot in 2006, so, like, it was shot in a time when we didn't necessarily, when capabilities weren't as good uh, as they are now. So, like, are we doing a disservice to the cinematographer's vision if we're watching it in HD? No, definitely not. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> the cinematographer... You're like, shut it down. <laughs> no. Well, the cinematographer didn't make it for DVD. They made it for film to be seen on a big screen. And so, <laughs> love you. Shut it down, shut it down. Um, um, oh, I wrote, the dressing ceremony is so good. That's, I think, my favorite yes, scene in the entire the film. So she she goes to France. Uh, and she's gone to bed and she wakes up and it's her first day. Um, and they're explaining all of the new customs to her. There's a whole thing where she has to leave all of Austria behind, including her dog. Um, uh, and she gets all these new French things and, and the, I don't know who she is as far as like who she is in the court, but yeah. there's a woman there who's explaining all of the customs She wakes to up her. and there's a dozen people in her room. Yeah. And it's like you, the, the, the privilege of putting her like dressing gown on goes to the person of highest status in the room. Mm-hmm. So she's standing there, they take her nightgown off. So she's standing there naked and it, basically people keep coming in the room of higher and higher statuses. So they keep almost putting the dressing gown on her and then, Oh, just kidding. Now it has to go to this person. Oh. And then like, she finally gets the dressing gown on and, and Kirsten Dunst just goes, this is ridiculous. And it's just so great because like, I just, again, it's that marriage of like history and, and modern and making it accessible. Yeah. It's like, it and feels it's very real. Yes. And it's so funny. Yes. It feels very real. I wrote down too, that it feels like, um, what did I write? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, none of it feels like scenes. Yeah. It feels like we're spying, like we're, like mm-hmm. we're eavesdropping on this, this, conversation of her experience right. at Versailles These moments. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and, and that's like in, in the script and in the way it's shot and everything, but it really does feel like it, like for me anyway, it flows in such a way that it doesn't feel like, okay, that was that scene. Okay. This is this scene. Okay. This is this scene. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and I think that's, really I think, great. yeah, it feels a little effortless in that way. Yeah. Like it feels like she makes it look really easy. What, you know, yeah. the, um, 
the thing about it is that so it's it the the main conflict of the movie is that Louis the Sixteenth won't impregnate her. Yeah. And without that, she's doesn't have a purpose and doesn't have security at court. Right, because she can't produce an heir. Right. So that's the main tension of the movie, and it feels like, you know, the movie's all about the decadence kind of being maybe a product of this, like, pent-up, like, sexual stuff. I don't know. It's like, mm. it gets into really weird, fun territory with that. Mm-hmm. But then about three-quarters of the way through, that conflict, like, goes away. Yeah. Because it, it he does, and it works, and everything's, like, you know, for lack of a better word, fine mm-hmm. for a while. And so the last quarter of the movie feels very, like, aimless in a, and, like, purposeless in a way that I don't hate. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like it feels like the movie, like, loses its kind of propulsion. Yeah, it feels like, well, and, and you know, in the movie Marie Antoinette goes through these very distinct phases, right? Yeah. The new, The new girl. Right? You've got mm-hmm. her learning all the customs and kind of figuring everything out. And then you have this kind of uh, extravagance right. where he won't get her pregnant and she's just living it up. She's not, they're not actually king and queen yet um, because the Rip Torn is, Rip still, Torn around. is still alive. Um, but uh, so she's just living it up. And then Rip Torn, the king, dies. And all of a sudden, it becomes more serious that they have a child and then she has a child. So then it's like this mother section. And then she also like meets Jamie Jamie Dornan, Dornan's character. Who's like a Swedish, uh, Colonel. Um, and she has an affair with him. Uh, and so there's very clear, like phases moving through. And I think what's interesting is that you're, you're completely right about like that last quarter of it where it feels kind of like, aimless and what have you. But the thing that I really like about that is that what it feels to me like is it feels like they're on the, it feels like she's on the cusp of something big. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's that feeling of like the calm before the storm, something big is about to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And it turns out for her that it's like a revolution and and her beheading. But I think it also if you, in theory, if you didn't know the story of Marie Antoinette and how like it ends up for her, you could maybe think like, oh, is she about to like become a great queen? Do yeah, you know what right. I mean? And I think I, I agree that it feels kind of aimless, but for me, it 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 read a little bit more like on the precipice of something incredible. Yeah. Well, I think like I think I think you're right, and I don't mean to say that I don't like that last quarter mm, or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think it, I think it like makes it, it makes the movie feel a certain, like a, like a little distant or something to people. Yeah. Or to, or to me, maybe I'm just projecting, but like mm-hmm. it, feel, it makes it feel a little cold or something. And I think that people, I think if, if the movie like somehow stuck the landing of being <laughs> just about that first half yeah, without getting into the like, I think people would feel a lot more affection for it, yeah. but it would be dishonest, obviously. And so I don't really know what I'm saying, but <laughs> I think that um, the other thing about the ending is that it full, like when I, it's really scary, Yeah, you know, with like, and, and again, maybe it has too much sympathy for Marie Antoinette, but it is like very, it makes you feel. They're attacking Versailles. Right. She's like in the middle of the night, let's get the children. They're hiding. There are people, people with, you know, torches and pitchforks and, you know, and the way they do it with most, I mean, they, there is a scene where they show the crowd Mm -hmm. a little bit, but it's mostly sound, sound design at that point. And it's like really well done. And like, obviously there's lighting of like, you know, like tricks and stuff like that, but it's like, it's really, uh, scary and well done. Well done. It is. Well done. Well done. Well done. It is interesting to me though, that they don't, um, they don't show her beheading. Yeah, it's a real choice. It, yeah, to not even, I mean, and obviously not like show her getting her head cut off, but no, like yeah. to not even show her in jail or, you know, kind of in the stocks walking to her death, her last wishes, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, is interesting. Well, I kind of love that. Yeah. Oh, so did I cut you off? No, 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 no. I kind of love that because I do think that biopics, for lack of a better word, mm. like, 
always work best when they're focused in some way. Yeah. You know, when it's not just like, here's this person's entire life and we're going to like try to make it all make sense thematically. And it's like people's lives don't work like that. Right. But, you know, an event or this is just her time at Versailles. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why that, that part that I was talking about that I like makes it feel a little distant and like weird and not as fun. Yeah. Which is, which makes sense. (laughs) Um, is, is in there and makes sense to be in there because it's like, has to be about just her time at Versailles. At Versailles. Yeah. yeah. It's like very, it's very cool. Uh, Guys, it's a great movie. It is. It's really good. (laughs) It's really incredible. They also do an incredible job. And I don't know if this is, I, they do an incredible job of aging her up. Using essentially mm. just like cinematography and lighting. Yeah. There's a scene Maybe in the, a little bit of makeup. But maybe, like, yeah. 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 I don't mean to discount that, but like it's not like, oh, all of a sudden she's wearing like a fake nose. <laughs> I don't know. Is the nose a ghost? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but uh, gotta watch out for those nose ghosts. <laughs> but um, there's this shot at the end where she's like standing at, at the bottom of a stairway, and I think the children are being brought to her brought away from her or something mm. like that and it's just the way it's lit she looks so old and yeah you know and tired I mean? and tired exactly mm-hmm. and i don't know if there's any makeup or anything happening there and it's just like a distant far away shot of her and she just looks weary and it's like really beautifully done yeah time. yeah yeah which you know definitely is is lighting and is costuming and is probably a little bit of makeup but mm-hmm. also is is Kirsten Dunst it's also in in her oh. body language and her face and an icon yeah she's great is it available okay is it available marie antoinette you can purchase it not available on any like streaming subscription streaming sets but you can get it but you can get it it yeah. is yeah so both of these both of these movies i'd say are pretty accessible that mm-hmm. is, it's not necessarily a factor of like we can't get them. Something borrowed is on HBO Max. Yes. 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 Um, we can we can get them. There's a in terms of features. Mm. There's some deleted scenes on something borrowed. Mm-hmm. We watched some of them. I thought the one where John Krasinski was like, was it John Krasinski? No, Ooh. it was Dex. Where Dex was like hiding, and Kate Hudson was in the room, and then he jumps out the window. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, that's funny. That's just like kind of funny. It would have made the movie longer though. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, and then Marie Antoinette has some stuff, and it has a, including a parody of Cribs. Oh, yeah. With featuring Jason Schwartzman as Louis XVI taking you around Versailles. And yeah. when I say parody, I mean well, like. And, sorry, really quickly, they were they actually got to shoot at Versailles, which is like very cool. Very cool. It's very cool. And it looks glorious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's not my favorite extra feature that's ever been on a dvd no but it was fine it was fine we watched a good two minutes of it <laughs> um, um oh just real quick sorry off that and you can cut this if you want but off that i thought i think jason schwartzman is such an interesting actor mm. and like is used really well here and yeah. maybe that's a testament to maybe he's one of those actors where you think like, they're just being used well or cast really well. Mm-hmm. And he's just really good. Yeah. But it's either way, tell, but... like, he's great in this movie. Yeah, exactly. I like think... He, he might not get enough credit as an actor, I think. Yeah. I think people think, oh, that's just Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. Jason Schwartzman. But either way, he's very good He's very... Yeah, he's great. He's great. Cool. So what are we thinking? I mean... I <laughs> know which movie I like better. Yeah. But, you know, A, I don't want to take away one of your favorite movies. <laughs> I know. The problem here is that both of these films are like, are, I'm going to say in my top, we'll go 20. Top 20. Both of these are in your top 20. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um... I would say we keep something borrowed mm-hmm. with an eye towards maybe someday upgrading our copy of Marie, Marie Antoinette. Antoinette. Yeah, that does seem like... Because I would love to see it in HD. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's that it does seem like 
like the decision. It's because it feels like on its face, it's like, well, obviously you get rid of something borrowed. But you like something borrowed. I do a lot. like it, but it's not a good movie. Um, I, I got through this whole podcast without saying what I think of it. So, <laughs> what do you think of it? I did not care for it. <laughs> Shocked. <laughs> Shocked. Um, but you really like it. And I think that that's, you know, I wouldn't want to take a movie that you really like away. And we certainly don't need to upgrade something borrowed. Right. Like a DVD, a, of, something a DVD of something adequate. borrowed is perfect. Yeah. But maybe someday we'll invest in a Blu-ray of Marie Antoinette. Wow. All right. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the, that's the move. That's the move. All right. Thank you, Marie Antoinette. I'm sure we'll see you again. We better. <laughs> um, great. Wow. All right. Well, let's pull up, pull up that spreadsheet. Let's see what we're going to do next week. Hey, Siri. Uh-huh. Pick a number between 1 and 1,316. A random number between 1 and 1,316 is 986. 986. <laughs> oh. Okay. From 2009, Moon. Moon. Starring Sam Rockwell. I've never seen it. And it's it's a baby fave for you. It's one of my favorites. Okay. I love that. Let's see. Let's see what's going up against Moon, shall we? Hey, Siri. Uh-huh. Pick a number between 1 and 1,316. A random number between 1 and 1,316 is 1,271. Also from 2009, Sherlock Holmes, starring Robert Downey Jr. (gasps) Oh, okay. Great. That's an interesting, that's an interesting matchup. Sure. I've never seen Moon. I'm excited to see Moon. Yeah, I'm excited to rewatch Moon. I'm well acquainted with Sherlock. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. That's something. Um, Well, as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. (laughs) You can find us on all of the socials at DVD Deathmatch. You can email us at DVD Deathmatch at gmail.com. Please come back next week and see who survives. DVD Deathmatch. Anyway. We can cut all this out. Let's cut all this out. I thought it would be funnier than it was. Snip. Snipped. Snip, snip. <laughs> <laughs>